This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is Sunday Skate on Sports Radio WEEI. For the first time in 39 years, the Boston Bruins have won the Stanley Cup. Talking Bruins and the NHL. Sure, old-time hockey. Like it is sure. Yeah. yeah. With Ken Laird. A bunch of criminals. We ought to be in jail. That's all there is to it. And WEEI.com Bruins writer Matt Kalman. He's a killer. Yeah, yeah. Lace him up for some bees talk right now on Sports Radio WEEI. All right, Skate Pod on the road today. We are coming to you from Warrior Ice in Brighton, the practice facility of your Boston Bruins. Matt Cowan is here from WEEI.com. Fighting. You were at Fenway last night for 15 oh innings and just, just battling it out with Bruins Nation over uh, forgetting Danton Heinen and your projections, your line <laughs> it's, projections. It's like 1 in the morning at a Fenway Park, and I'm, my eyes are bleeding, and people are giving me a hard time because I forgot Danton Heinen. I've done a lot worse in my life. Then forget Danton Heinen in my lineups. Now, don't take <laughs> now, you, now. You yourself said Danton Heinen, significant part of, portion of this team. Yes. you had somebody take a shot at Heinen. Oh God. on Twitter, and then you you were getting all upset to me here off uh, before we started. You know, he's why you why, do, why are you bashing Danton Heinen? Why right? do people hate every player on the team they root for? What is, I think Pete Blackburn might be onto something about how stupid the fan base oh, is. Oh, I mean, we all have. Fa- teams that we're fans of, whether it's your college team or a pro team you grew up with, and yeah, sure, there's a couple of player or two that you don't like or should come through more. But I think every player on this team has uh, some sort of you know pack of Twitter trolls that hate them. Well, you're feeding into the narrative that uh, either you win it all in this town or you're dead. Oh to my me. god! Uh, it's, I mean, Brett close. Ritchie, Brett Ritchie hasn't done a thing yet, and people are already sending him to Providence and putting him on waivers. Uh, I want to get to that in a second. Carson Coolman is our special guest here on the Skate Pod, our second player. Uh, we had uh, Zach Senishin and Carson Coleman. They're both fighting for sort of the same spot. I don't know if Senishin really has a chance based on what we're seeing right now. Right. Uh, you know, we'll talk more about that at the, on the back end of the interview, but uh, that's coming up, so don't go anywhere for that. want to remind folks, you can uh, follow us on the Skate Pod. You can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher. Matt listens on... Downcast. Downcast. And the Radio.com yeah. app. And leave a review. Now, uh, you saw one game in Jersey. For me, I, I made it through a period on the video stream. It was <laughs> I did switching not watch ends the game. back and forth. It was unbelievably tough to watch. Just, but just by following the tweets, it's clear that Oscar Steen, Oscar Steen will be in the Hall of Fame in 2030. Yeah. 
And uh, well, you know, <laughs> beyond that, the, the the game was before the signings, right? At least the McAvoy or the uh, Carlos right, signing. Right, exactly. And, uh, you know, Vakanainen had the gaff in OT, uh-huh. and it was like a right. sobering. Okay, uh, he's not breaking in right away, right? I mean, it's and Cassidy sort of took a shot at him afterwards. Not a shot, but just yeah. These are the mistakes he needs to correct. Yeah, I mean, obviously, thirty professional games. I'm not uh, going to hang him out to dry at this point. Uh, will he start the year with the team? Probably not. With the, with the signings now done. Now the D is set. The, the D is set. I mean, you're not going to make him the seventh guy. Camper is going to be here as your extra guy. The guy's going to go to Providence and play. And, and between him and, and Cooper Zeck and some of these other kids, it's going to be a great defense core down there. They should be they, they should be a really good team considering their depth and considering they have AHL experience now. Yep. And uh, that's, that's where he's going to grow. I mean, yeah, the skating is there, and that's why they drafted him. You can't teach that. And now he's going to learn the game. I mean, clearly, you know, the North American game, the style. And it's hard to play in the AHL. There are guys that we've seen, Connor Clifton being one, the, the NHL tends to be easier than the AHL for these guys. And he might end up being that way once he uh, just gets through some more experience. But he only played 30 games. He was dinged up. There's nothing you can do about that. Well, uh, you know, Bruins fans shouldn't be upset about this. But as far as the competition in camp goes, a lot of that went away with the signings of, of Mac yeah. and Carlo. Yeah, on defense, sure. And by the way, if you missed our bonus episodes, go ahead and check those out for uh, Matt's takes on, on both signings. You had Dale on for the weekend, and, and you and I did uh, the Carlo stuff on Tuesday. But um, what's left? What what are the what are the f- spots that people are uh, are open here? Yeah, I mean, this just fo- second this, line wing. The, well, this forward group is is deep, and it's not you know there are incumbents that probably have a leg up. But you know, if you bring a, a Par Lindholm in here, I don't think he agreed to sign here to to go to Providence or to be a, uh, a an extra forward. He's competing for a spot, and Brett Ritchie too. I mean, you know, you want to knock Brett Ritchie six points last year, whatever. Clearly, he was in the coach's doghouse. Clearly, there were issues in Dallas, and uh, I think. Bruce Cassidy really kind of likes him. He's been talking about him a lot. Um, what does he like about him? What's his, I think uh, he likes his size and his ability to go to the net and pretty mobile for a big guy. So, you know, he, he might actually be talked. We're going to talk about Coleman being uh, the second line right wing, but, but yeah. Richie's right in that mix at this point. You know, and there's, that's what they did. They wanted to create competition. So there's not necessarily open jobs, but there's definitely jobs where guys can be knocked off and you know you have to look at it all these veterans and waivers and everything they might have to trade a guy or two just to clear up uh, some room here if Anders Bjork continues playing this way it's easy enough to send him to Providence now but how long can you keep him down you know teams will see a guy who basically wins a job get sent to Providence that could be discouraging so if you're going to always reward the guys who play their best you know then you have to clear room for them and that's when the trade stuff comes in and if you end up trading uh, one of your bottom six forwards that helps you again with the cap flexibility all right now because you forgot Danton Hine and, and you had you put your lines out first last you had like three episodes of uh, what you expect the lines to be in, in game one of the season uh, give it to me now what's I your think final that was in the 14th inning yeah what's so what's your final list Oh, I would say, well, th- th- first of all, I'd never, I didn't even put this in there because I don't feel like putting a disclaimer. These are Bruce's lines. You know, we've talked about it enough. I want Pasternak or Krejci. Bruce is going to put keep Pasternak with Bergeron yeah. and Marchand. By the way, that was my idea originally, and you came around <laughs> on it last year. So go ahead. Well, I change my ideas every other week. You know, I'm not, I'm not shy but about I'm, that. I'm happy you came around. Uh, but uh, And then, you know, obviously, I put Richie with Krejci and, and DeBrus because I think, I think he might win this job. Wow. And I think... That Bruce is going to try and give that a shot. I mean, the, the guy decided to come here as a free agent. I think they they kind of like him there more so than Heinen uh, playing on that well, I side. They, or I think, I think they've tried Heinen there so many times. They're kind of like maybe they would go back to that at some point, but they're going to give a lot of other people a chance. And I think they really like Heinen with Coyle. And uh, so you know, you keep Heinen with Coyle, and that probably bumps Kuhlman from that second line to that third line, which is still a pretty good skilled line, but it's also a, a great puck protection line. And we know 
Bruce Cassidy loves that. You know, he loved the fact that Johansson, Coyle, and Heinen were were able to cycle the way they were, even when they weren't producing uh, until they broke out in the in the, in the Columbus series. That, that he likes to have that line to grind people down, and it's also a line that he can trust. And the Krejci DeBrusque combo is probably the fourth in the pecking order for Cassidy as far as matchups. Yeah, you know, defensive zone draws and, and tough matchups. So that's where you would probably stick a Brett Ritchie, who maybe isn't the, the best two way guy, but maybe just gives you the big body. And then that fourth line just becomes a real hard decision. I mean, yeah. well, you had Corrali in one of your uh, versions. I, well, you yeah, had Corrali up. Well, when I forgot about Heinen, I, I, I bumped Corrali up to that third line because I thought that would be a pretty cool big line. You know, Corrali, yeah. Coyle, and Coleman. That'd be pretty. <laughs> that's a pretty heavy line. That's fun. But uh, yeah, so if Corrali's back in that forward center spot, then you have Nordstrom, Wagner, um, and and Lindholm, yeah, and Bacchus, who we can't forget. Although I don't think he's going to play. And Where, uh, so you think he's going to be a healthy scratch most days, or I down think, at Providence? I think he's going to be scratched, and then, you know, they won't send him to Providence to save a million bucks. They or, might do that. They might end up doing that if if it works out to to save them some cap space. You know, you get that average cap space. You take that six million off. Next thing you know, you have uh, a lot more flex- flexibility, oh, or you take off five million of it, whatever. Yeah, or just or just the one million. Actually, <laughs> very confusing. The um, but yeah, and then, and then so then I didn't even factor in people are you know Bjork, Stadnicka. Uh, Stadnick has got a lot of talent. I mean, I know you've all watched him play one preseason game, but he uh, he's going to start in Providence probably, yeah, yeah. just because. And there will be there's no room for him those here. Guys are gonna, and get there's no bottom shot. six role yeah. for him, and you're not going to put him on the bottom six. I mean, unless he really is a star. And I w- I wrote that this summer, right? That I was open to him playing wing in the top six if he has an amazing camp, and we'll see how it goes. But he's not going to be starting as a fourth-line center or something here. Yeah. Um, and Bjork, like I said, has had a great camp. But he's going to be hurt by the fact that he has, he can go down without waivers. And uh, nothing wrong with him getting some more seasoning too, though, because they're trying to teach him certain ways to play the game that he hasn't quite grasped yet that will help him out in Providence. Now, your new column up at WEI.com is regarding the core. Right, we talked about that a little bit. Yep, and I think we're all in agreement. It's two years now. You're looking ahead to keeping the court together yeah. after this. Well, the se- the, the, this the, the, the second which core, pieces, which is McAvoy, yeah. Carlo, DeBrusque, Heinen, uh, Grizzlick would be probably in there. And if you're ta- and if Tory Krug is like maybe the old man of that group, and I'm sure he would really appreciate me calling him an old man. <laughs> um, you know, if, if Tory Krug's like the leader of that group, and you know, an aging, you know, in Martian, I guess Martian and Krug would be the two like older veterans of that group. It's going to be hard to keep them together. I mean. You know, David Pasternak can talk all he wants about I don't play for money, but pressures from the Players Association, pressures from just, you know, the market, the way it goes, I don't think he's going to just re-up for another 6.6 the next time around. He's still going to be in his prime, so he's going to want more money. Uh, the, these bridge deals are going to come due. The Carlos McAvoy deals, uh, even if DeBrusque and Grizzly go bridge deals next year, they're going to have they're going to want more money. It's not going to be very long to, to keep those guys together because – it doesn't seem like the cap's going to really increase the way it should uh, in the next three, four years. And so, you know, there'll be guys plucked off this team the way Johnny Boychuk, you know, didn't last much longer after the cup. And you give no chance for Krejci beyond his That would be crazy. I can't, you yeah. can't, you can't. I mean, unless he says, I love it here so much, I'm going to do, he'd be 35 and older. So you'd have to yeah. do one-year deals with him with bonuses the way they do Chara. Um, I can't imagine that. It would it would mean that there was a real failure of the drafting yeah. if a Stadnicka, a Beecher, a Frederick that we haven't even brought up, right. if any of these guys aren't ready to step in. And Coyle, and I Coyle. mean that's that's going to be the, they probably don't have a lot of time to talk about that one and yeah. really dig into it. But the Coyle thing is such a dilemma because what do you, what do you pay him next year 
when you still have Bacchus's contract and Krejci's contract on the books, how do you, you know, fit him in? And if you're looking at him as right. another one of the cornerstone pieces of this second wave, you know. True. And, of course, Bergeron's health and you yeah. know, whether he's going to hang it up or he's going to keep playing. Exactly. Know? And, the, yeah, I don't know how much Bergeron's plan is to play beyond this contract, which I think takes him to 37. Yeah. I can't – just generally, I can't see him being no, a guy that I'm going to play at the 42 like yeah. Z or whatever just because, you know, why would you do that to yourself? Well, he gets in TB12. <laughs> he says Chara with uh, Brady over yeah, at the Boys facility. Who knows? All right. Uh, so Carson Kuhlman coming up. What's your uh, history with uh, Carson? Do you guys have a good rapport? Yeah, he seems like a pretty good guy. Um didn't talk to him too much last year. I didn't. I mean, he played I'm, twelve games or something. I, think. I never. He was spotty. He was, I, he, I never shy away from the fact that I didn't believe in him. I did when they put him on the second line. I thought it was a joke, and I didn't expect him to perform the way he did. Clearly, he was an upgrade on what they'd been using there, and uh, or maybe also disappointed that Johansson didn't fit there the way he should have. But um, you know, a great well, kid. I, he he played a lot in the Toronto series. Yep. Then I think he only played one game against Columbus. Right. And then the game six and seven, they had the, they had the stones to go to him. Right. In game six and seven yep. of the Cup Finals. Well, that tells you all you it, need it to amazing. know, and that, that tells you why Bruce Cassidy has a contract extension because yep. he has the guts to do stuff like that with a, a rookie just out of college like that. And um, you know, like, like I said, I I wasn't a believer, and he made me into a believer. I mean, I didn't think you know I I would never expected Brad Marchand to do the th- I, after seeing him in Providence. I never expected him to do the things he did as well. So. And I guess we'll talk more about that comparison uh, after the interview. All right. Here's our chat with Carson Kuhlman on the skate pod. So, Carson, I was thinking about this right off the top. Is this, you know, you win a national championship one year. You go to the Stanley Cup final game seven the next year. Do you re- return home every every summer as a returning hero? Uh, yeah, you know what? Uh, I come from a pretty special part of Minnesota up north where there's a, there's a lot of good hockey players doing a lot of good things and, and uh, pretty fortunate to have a lot of people following me and, and, uh, and uh, you kind of – kind of see a lot of people that you that you know and have grown up with uh, through the years and they're all uh, very pumped for you when you come back for sure yeah so was it uh were they consoling this time around obviously didn't accomplish the goal you wanted were they in your corner there yeah yeah definitely i think everybody uh, kind of knows how competitive i am and, and how much i love to win and um how much that loss really really hurt me and then is going to sting for a long long time for sure um but at the same time they were great i mean they kind of gave me space let me get away from the game and um, and uh, and yeah, it's like I said, it's pretty special uh, going back there every summer. It was almost total storybook for you. You had the goal in Game Six. Did you allow yourself to watch that one on loop a little bit over the, the off season? That that snipe you had it put you guys up three nothing, right? Yeah, the Blues. yeah. No, I think I think getting in Game Six really helped my confidence. Um, obviously, uh, going into Game Seven didn't didn't go the way we wanted, but um, through through the summer, I think getting back in there in playoffs and, and helping the team out a little bit uh, definitely helped. Um, Obviously, we didn't uh, achieve our, our end goal, but that's what uh, we come back to camp this year for. It's a lot, of, a lot of social media love for you right now as far as you being the incumbent on the, the Krejci DeBrusque line. And I know, you know you're probably feeling like you still have to make the team, but clearly do you feel at least like a little bit of a leg up in the fact that you have played with those guys. Bruce talks about the chemistry you guys created, and maybe you're more – as much as you're trying to win a job, maybe you're building off of last year. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, I think I'm in a good good place right now, uh, mentally, physically. Coming into coming into camp, I'm just trying to prove that that I can stay here and, and really help this team win. Um, obviously, those are two top end talents in, in our league, so I think anybody could could step in with them and, and play good hockey. So I'm just trying to prove that uh, that I could be that guy. You're known for your speed. Who's the fastest guy on the team right now? Are, are you up there? Oh yeah, we got we got a quick team. I mean, everybody can get up and go, but uh, I, th- I think JD straight speed is is uh, pretty fun to watch, and then a couple other guys. I know Marshy can scoot, and, and a couple other guys. So it's uh, 
it's uh, it's a lot of fun getting up and down the ice with those guys. We had Senishin on the podcast. He's another fast guy. He said he was going to race you, but I guess he probably hasn't yet. I mean, he's he's no, still trying to make his way. No, I think uh, I think I've opted out of that race a couple of times. Man, that kid can fly, and uh, uh, just just what he can do off the ice too. That his uh, his jumping ability and, and how athletic oh. he is, is is pretty awesome. When, when do you see him jump? Uh, we do like testing in yeah. the in the fall here in okay. camp, um, and uh, I'm pretty sure he he jumped out of the gym in that one, and, and he has for for a long time. Yeah. So it's uh, it's pretty awesome. What's it like with the with the group of guys? You play in Providence for a long time with these guys, and you're all striving for the same thing. And then you come to camp, and you're, you're buddies, but you're also competing against each other. And it seems like you're mostly a bunch of nice guys, you know. So maybe you, you're kind of wishing each other well, but you're also trying to beat each other. What, what's that dynamic? Yeah, kind of like? yeah. That, a lot of people have actually asked me that, and uh, uh, from the outside, that that can be kind of a weird yeah. thing. But I think it's uh, everybody kind of kind of knows kind of knows how to handle it. Um, we're all technically on the same team, doing the, uh, doing stuff together, and. And uh, obviously, you want you're fighting for a very limited job and very limited ice time. So um, you want to bring your A game, and everybody else is going to bring theirs. So it's uh, it's good. It's a good competition, healthy competition. And and at the end of the day, yeah, they're great guys. But um, but you you definitely are in a competition with everyone. You guys all bond off the ice down in Providence too. I mean, you're kind of all away from home, all, you know, some of them for the first time. And what kind of things do you guys do when you're down there? Yeah, we had a great group down there. We were pretty fortunate yeah. uh, to have uh, a great younger crew that uh, that kind of were all in the same situations mm-hmm. and then our, our older guys were pretty awesome too kind of uh, a, a good group for sure to learn learn from and and see how things are done right but um yeah it's it's awesome being with those guys every day and you're kind of going through the ups and downs of a season together and uh and uh you, you hope for success for all those guys in, in the future is, is it tough off the ice um some ahl teams are in smaller towns providence a pretty major city can be a little expensive i guess sometimes is that is that kind of tough when you're a minor league hockey player and you're down there or? yeah it was uh it was um a bit of an adjustment for me i think coming from a smaller town mm-hmm. in, in minnesota I, I guess i didn't realize how big providence was right. and i got there and it, it is it's pretty big but um i think we do a good job of, of kind of getting getting together as as a group as much as possible whether it's little things going to lunch going yeah, to dinner yeah. or, or uh or having having game night or whatever it is so our group was pretty close down there and that uh you need that definitely to get through uh, uh the dog days of winter and in, in mid-season sure. there the new big contract guys here carlo and mcavoy are they uh, footing the bill for all of the meals between now and the, <laughs> the start of the season no or? i haven't i haven't seen any of that but man we're excited for them uh obviously two huge huge parts of our team and and, and great guys at that as well so i'm happy for both of them what, what did you learn from that watching these guys uh not get their contracts done i mean you always they always tell you it's a business but does that kind of hammer at home that this really is a business and uh yeah yeah definitely obviously um we we want them here they're a huge part to, to our team's success but at the same time you you won't want everybody to get every everything they're worth so right. I, i'm happy that uh both both sides are happy and we can uh, move on and win some hockey games when you see when you see the numbers and you, you're thinking like this is real now it's like these 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 year these annual salaries go seven digits now and you might, you know, see that at some point in your career. I guess does it kind of like sink in at all? Yeah, yeah. I think it's awesome how how our game's progressing. I mean, uh, even in the past ten years, how, how how much bigger it's gotten, and and how many new fans we've attracted really helps us um, um, kind of grow the game. So that's really what it's all about, going in the right direction like that. Now, when you're on the ice with Krejci and DeBrusque, what's it like? Are those guys talkers? Are they um, uh, are they yelling uh, things out at you? Or do you guys have like the chemistry now where you don't have to speak as much? What's that? Dynamic? No, definitely. I think uh, our conversations uh, are very good. We talk talk quite a bit on the ice, and then uh, obviously off the ice too. Crutch kind of lets us know where what he sees and what he wants in certain situations, which is great for me because. 
um, his hockey IQ is through the roof. So I, I really just want to be able to uh, to help him out and be available for him. And and uh, JD and I obviously uh, want to get up and down the ice as fast as possible and then uh, make some plays. I've been, I've been keep covering David since you were in grade school. Yeah. Um, can you hear him out there? I mean, I can't hear him when I'm in here talking, trying to yeah, talk to him. Yeah, it's, it's subtle for sure. I mean, when he's open and wants to puck, he'll let, he'll let you know for uh-huh. sure. But it's great. I need that because I'm the same way. I'm going to be uh, uh, yelling at guys right. what I see and and, uh, and where I want the puck as well. So I think that's a huge part of a successful yeah, the, line. The, the Krejci whisper is kind of famous with the media just mm-hmm. because – as low as he talks, if, like, the lower he talks, the more important what he's saying is. You have to really get in close and get it. Yeah, I and like that, that's yeah. what you see the subtle the subtleties of him being a leader. He's not like he doesn't really stand out as much as Patrice and Zidano probably as a leader, but clearly he's been wearing an A for a reason. Oh, definitely, yeah. Just just the way he handles himself every day is is uh, pretty awesome. And like I said, his his skill on the ice and, and hockey IQ is uh, is through the roof. What would you say is the uh, biggest learning curve? that you had last year and maybe compare where your game is now to where it was a year ago how different are you as a player yeah I think coming out of college um the the first I think uh, month month and a half down in Providence was was kind of big for me a little eye-opening um you couldn't run around and and go mock 10 at all times I mean you had to sometimes slow the game down um the the little plays were were crucial I mean if you had a turnover in the neutral zone guys are so skilled that at the AHL and especially NHL level where going back and probably going to be in the back of your net so I think just the little things like that uh, made me adjust my game and and really uh, work on little little plays and uh, and uh, get into the right spots on the ice so it it really helped I think the adjustment period uh, down in Providence. Is the speed that dramatic from the AHL to the NHL is it like night and day defensemen are tougher to beat and it's it's obvious or or not so much I I think the biggest thing for me is everybody's just kind of in the in the right spots at all times I mean it's really tough to tough to kind of uh, breakaway offensively unless somebody makes a, a one-on-one move or, or beats a guy where in the AHL sometimes you can sneak by guys because they're in out of position so I think that was kind of the, the biggest thing for me I think this is the last one for me just um was it I don't know about a hangover Stanley Cup hangover that type of thing, but just did you feel coming back this year at all a little more tired did you feel like it was a short off season when you came back here uh no it, I mean um I think I think well speaking for myself yeah. I, I I did a good job of, of kind of getting away from the mm-hmm. game, kind of decompressing, um, letting the game seven loss kind of set in, and then um, turn turn the page. Um, it's not an easy thing to do, but sure. um, I felt like we had we had plenty of time in the off season to to get back on the ice and start training again. So I felt I felt refreshed, honestly, mentally and physically, coming mm-hmm. back into camp and uh, uh, happy where I'm at. And as far as the group goes, everybody's confident, and uh, I mean, I'm sure a cup run like that does wonders for confidence but you guys have an impressive team here yeah definitely i think you look around the room and and you see all the the uh the awesome hockey players and all all the talent that we have here and then you add in a couple other guys from from the off season and uh it's a pretty special group uh uh, with a lot of confidence going into the season all right ted good minutes with carson kuhlman uh get a sense one way or the other whether uh, he's going to make this team is he a lock would you say a lock to make the team he's not a lock but he's, he's as close to a lock as you can get usually i at this time of year, I base my uh, I base my predictions on how much the coach talks about a certain guy, and uh, I think that's where you know he was always Kuhlman's sort of the teacher's pet last year, wouldn't you say? Oh, absolutely. He was, I mean, he was well, the... as soon as he got here, you knew that uh, even Jay Leach at the rookie camp was talking about he's a perfect player for any coach. Anybody yeah. would love to coach him, and that's why uh, the Bruins pursued him as a free agent. Uh, you know, he's just one of those guys, a winner, having gone to two championship games, winning one, and with uh, Minnesota Duluth and. Uh, just a, an overall great citizen. Now the thing is, he's now reached a status, uh, you know, right. where he's kind of expected to perform. 
he had three goals last year. He had the one in yep. the in the Cup Finals. But if you're going to be on Krejci's line from start to finish, if that's yeah. if that's their answer, right. what do you expect? Well, Bruce, Twenty goals. Bruce is already talking the other day. He doesn't necessarily want the guy to necessarily contribute that much. Just be a facilitator. You know, let DeBrusque and Krejci do the scoring and just you know create space, go to the net. So, but yeah, I mean, not twenty, maybe like at least ten to fifteen somewhere in there, though, right? If you're going to play on that line and not get any power play time, so and, and then you know when you get to the trade deadline, I know we're talking like way down the yeah. road, but if that's your guy for most of the year, you're going to have to make another evaluation of whether you're going to have to go out and get another rental winger. I mean, they're they're kind of still going to be in the same boat, right? No matter even even if he has a yeah. great first half, I mean, I guess if he has a spectacular first half, you might you might yeah, I mean, they, they might fine. be they might be thinking this is you know not not necessarily to the to the heights that Marshan has gone, but. A guy who can wasn't expected to be a contributor offensively suddenly well, becomes that. Well, that was the comparison last year. Right, it's like your poor man's Marshall. Yeah, like, exactly. Is that fair or so, no? From what you've seen, is that is that even a close? It's, it's fair. I mean, no, listen again. We always talk about Bergeron and, and Char. What special? You're never going to see that. I mean, you're, you're never going to see a Marshand again come out in the fourth round or third round, whatever it was, and be such an agitator throughout his minor career, and now become a forty goal scorer or whatever. Yeah. It's crazy, and it's just he just has. His, I mean, his work ethic. People talk about work ethics, and he is unbelievable. That not, not just that he worked out the way he did, but sought out the proper coaching, and also has this unburning, you know, this burning desire to just prove everyone wrong. And you know, that always helps people. But you know, go, to go back to Coleman, yeah, I mean, he's he's going to be better than probably projected originally, as when Which you when he, when he looked guy, to me right? like a fourth. Yeah. Rounder, yeah. And yeah. So they, you know, they've done a great job with these college free agents. Who I, I don't, how uh, coveted were his services when they were going after him? I yeah, they were pretty good. I mean, they, I, they I, I, I mean, I don't know exactly, but I think there was like at least six to eight teams, probably. I mean, yeah. you, you, you know, these teams are all in competition for these guys now. They're following them throughout their careers, and uh, the Bruins have a, have an affinity for these Minnesota Duluth guys. They had two come to their development camp this year after one year after Kuhlman did it. So they know they they want the winners and they want the guys who are well coached. Well, we appreciate Carson Kuhlman's time, and uh, we had to wait him out because he was doing the workout, so we, uh, we put the dues in, and uh, it, it hopefully paid off with a good conversation. Uh, before we part here, anybody on uh, the Twitter feed at the Skate Pod that you want to respond to directly, <laughs> we had said we would set up a couple minutes at the end of the show to answer, like, listener right. questions yeah, we'll and we'll queries. Have to, we'll have to be more, uh, more, down, more into that going forward here. Yeah. We'll have to try to solicit some more questions. And at least have one per question, but I think I think that maybe this is the time to say, you know, follow us at the Skate Pod. You have to follow us, and then um, every week we'll answer at least one, you know, smart tweet. Don't just tweet me that Brett Ritchie sucks after three practices. <laughs> just uh, just tweet us something intelligent answer a question, and we'll uh, mention you on there, and uh, we'll see what going forward. Maybe at some point we'll start doing the uh, fan call-ins again. Listen, it's happy time right now. I mean, they signed Carlo and McAvoy. Those are the two major oh issues. Other than Bergeron's health, as as, uh, right. as Jack brought up last week, Jack sure. Edwards, um, this team, and, and and from what you've seen of Bergeron, it looks like he's gearing up, right? He's, he's yeah, on the ice. I, think, I think he's wearing white today, so yeah. today's Wednesday, so that's a good sign. Very good sign. All right, we'll talk to you next Thursday, and Matt Kalman has bonus pods in his brain right now. They're not <laughs> produced, but uh, we're going to get, I think, uh, quite a few more of those as we have two of them this week. This is our third of the week here on the Skate Pod. See you. Thank you.